0: Yes, my friends, you are not looking at a, um, uh, at a ghost or a thing. We're back to f- officially, um, uh, it may be a, a semi-weekly thing. and maybe a bi-weekly thing, but we are back. Uh, no more hypothetical crossovers at least for a while. Um, probably the next time when we do one is probably not going to be for like, for months. So, well, they are fun. You know, it also takes a lot of energy just to figure out, hey, uh, how do we connect? Uh, from, how do we connect this storyline with this character and make it into a fun, into a fun, fun, fun aspect? But let's go back to the fun, brass tax. Huh? Fun, fun time. Yes. Why <laughs> fun time. Yes. Well, let's go back to the brass tax. So they're of... fun. <laughs> yes, they are fun. But let's go back to the brass tax of being uh of uh, uh, the concept of downstage and talking about you know stuff that matters a lot to us as actors and unfortunately uh it's weird because when I originally took off from podcasting uh and I'll be real real with you all here uh I had lost my mother uh she passed away back in June of this year. Uh, she had just gone to the hospital to get her uh, knee checked up and whatnot, and then she catches COVID in the hospital. You know, it, it's a long story, but yeah. Uh, and so I really sorry. didn't want to. Do, thank you. And I really didn't want to do anything uh, outside of just being myself over that summer and just like not worrying about you know shit happening in movies or TV or whatever. Just like have a nice normal summer and sure enough the, the summer you know just comes you know comes you know came and went like like anything else and and it's weird because what really led me back into wanting to talk about cult uh not all time and well call time too but not as uh what really led me back into downstage was the passing uh essentially the pat and the first topic is that I want to talk about is the passings of not only Kevin Conroy, but the passing of Jason David Frank both legends in the field and both essentially childhood icons of not only people who grew up in the 1990s, but probably people who just grew up with with these recent newer fans or probably people who have who grew up with maybe the Justice League or the, the Batman Arkham games, or if you are a Power Rangers fan, you you, you grew up watching uh, maybe another Power Ranger season that happened to have Tommy like come apart as a mentor, or you happen to knew, know of the character from like comics or something like that too. And it, it's you know it's hard to discuss about death and grieving, especially if it's the loss of a loved one. But I think it's a a lot more difficult when it's a, a an actor or entertainer, whatever, that you really looked up to as a uh, as a kid. You know, I, I remember maybe a few years ago when Stan Lee passed away, I was like, like it hit me, but it didn't really hit me because it was like I'm so used to seeing Stan Lee everywhere. It was like when he does when he did pass, it was like. Like I, it was like I, it was like almost like it was only a matter of time before he would pass because you know people were like, oh, you know, he's in his last years or something like that, and you know he's becoming a lot more older, he's becoming a lot more advanced in age, he's not doing many more cameos, they trying to fill in as many cameos as, as he can within the span of like uh, a span of time, so you kind of like knew it was like when he, you know, when he did pass away, it would be like heartbreaking, but you kind of like expected it. To to happen because they were kind of like preparing us for the worst with Kevin Conroy, you know, this is a a voice uh, that did a character that I practically grew up with the same with time with uh, Jason David Frank, where it's like, this is a character that I literally grew up with because not only was uh, Conroy's Batman so synonymous, with his vo- you know with his voice and betrayal, but the same thing with Frank's Tommy, where it's like you could not remember a time where people even watching people who even haven't watched Power Rangers in years would just watch an old clip of just Tommy being evil or something like that, and just going, "Yeah, look, look, look at this guy. This guy literally just comes into the Power Rangers thing, wrecks up their shit, and then leaves, no explanation." Like that's Tom. That's the, that's originally how Tommy Oliver was, and then people are like people would always go about how Conroy's Batman was just so vocal in his, in his humanity, because, you know, like you could just tell when he was playing Bruce Rain and when he was playing Batman, it was like the inflections he would have and all that stuff. And it's like, but when you, are um, missing that and when I, and, when you are missing, missing, when you are missing people, it's like it's a it, it hits you a lot more harder. You know, Conroy passes passes away from a, from a from cancer, and it, it's a lot more harder because I've had people in my family who have died of cancer or, or who were cancer survivors. Uh, you know, it, Frank passed away because of the. Because he was suffering from depression, and anyone, and I've suffered from some bouts of depression, especially from my mother's passing. Where it's like, it wasn't that severe, but there are people who have depression, and it really affects them. And sometimes they are the brightest people and the smartest people, and you don't really see it until it's probably too late. And Mm -hmm. yeah, like these two deaths, like really, really hit hit me on especially you know hearing about you know uh conroy's passing and then oh a few like not even a week later i hear news like of like jason david frank having killed himself or passed away it was like i'm like and i was like please don't let that be true and then i wake up earlier the next morning and read and it's like oh you know he is dead at the age of 49 and it's like it's weird it's like and I go back to this point before. It's like you have these two actors who are very synonymous with with a person's childhood. You know, uh, like I said before, my childhood was literally watching the original Power Rangers, and my childhood was watching the original Batman that was on Fox Kids, or well, oh yeah, Fox Kids or eleven or Channel Eleven Kids, where it was. And you know, Saturday mornings were always that joy to watch because. These were just two actors who always gave it all with their, uh, with their, with their, with their uh, all. So yeah, but that's my two. That that's the reason why I came back because, uh, one. When you are mourning someone, you really you really do need to come back and hit that grief in the in the face and seeing people. In grieving not only Conroy's passing but especially, especially uh, frank's passing because the amount of people who have sent their love and support to frank and his passing it's it, it's amazing to see especially the, the circumstances of what happened and i think what i will say this to end my thought is that to those who are suffering just know you are loved and you are supported and you are and there will always be someone to help you out. <sighs> yeah, so that's the reason well why. I said. Thank you, and that's the reason why I came back. I mean, I could have kept on not doing call time or or uh, downstage, you know, on average, but there to. To use a movie scene about this there's a great scene or great uh thing at the end of spider-man 2 not Spider-Man 2, uh the amazing spider-man 2 where peter parker you know he's it's been months and probably a year or so since friends station's dead they don't really say how long he's been grieving but he's been grieving for a while and he sees an old video of Gwen doing her, like, Battle of the Centurion stuff at at the high school, and it gives him the resolve to go back into being Spider-Man. And then you see how happy he is as being a Spider-Man. And for me, it was the resolve of, this is something I love doing. You know, I love talking about, you know, stupid shit happening in entertainment. It's like, oh, wow, man, it's like... Oh. Oh man, what, what happened now? Okay. Hey, we got a good father, uh, we got a candid father for the week now. <laughs> or then there'll be like some serious topics where I'm like, I want to talk about something. Like and, yeah. And it it really just like saying, hey, maybe it is a time for me to come back and actually express my thoughts on some stuff and just be like, hey, you know, I may have left because I needed some time to heal, but there are places for me to be because they need, you know, they need to, uh, yeah, the, I just need to uh, get back to, into the string of things. So, ooh, sorry if I took uh, essentially like a five minute uh, little speech there, but hey.
1: No, that's probably understandable. And to kind of piggyback off that too, it's like, yeah, it's like, God, it's like, it, it It takes a lot of your mind to kind of process that, like, these, like, iconic actors who voiced and, you know, played these very iconic characters. It's like one day, it's like, you know, you wake up and it's like, oh, wow, they're, they're gone. Like, it almost kind of throws you through a loop for a second. Then it's like, honestly, it just makes you want to appreciate, like, all that amazing work they did in their careers
2: and uh, like mm-hmm.
1: and, and and like also even some of their obscure stuff too like for instance with Jason David Frank he did a lot of stuff with this youtube channel called superpower beatdown and it's like you can see there's just that that they have so much passion for what they do like you can see he still has, has so much passion for like the power ranger characters for j- just acting in general and it's just amazing to see
2: yeah it's it's nice to um to see, I guess, a lot of things kind of just resurface, like as far as their work. Um, so it is nice to kind of see that in, um, in Memoriam, and uh, especially with Kevin Conroy and, uh, actually, um, uh, Jason. Um, uh, Jason David, right? That's the name? Jason David uh, Frank. Jason David, yeah. Jason, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, I don't know if I should say, call him by his first name or say the full name, but yes, yeah, Kevin Carwood and Jason David Frank. Um, it's It's been nice to kind of like go online and see like all this tribute to them, like even like original artwork, just like mm-hmm. made in the last couple of days and hours. Um, so I think that's really nice. And um, it, it just goes to show, especially for Jason, that like he was always um, loved and appreciated. And, you know, the taking of his own life probably wasn't um, if if he you know if someone was was you know just just there for him you know maybe there was but um, you know it's a hard topic to talk about in general when it yeah. comes to um, you know that kind of thing but um, nonetheless um, I think both of them Kevin and Jason left like a amazing legacy yeah. of their work and um, you know if if anything it can only inspire us to want to do the same
1: yeah exactly. Uh, Kevin Conroy, you will forever be vengeance the night the Batman and, and it, Jason uh, David Frank it's morphin time mm-hmm. <laughs> uh,
0: and again going into more about uh, health and ch- and it really goes into cherishing the moments you have especially with people right now uh, because in a matter of moments or a blink of an eye someone that you know and love could just be taken away from you even when you don't want to have like the, the chance to say goodbye to them uh case in point uh compa- uh falling back on the health uh health uh notion uh chris Hemsworth, in his new show recently came out as saying that he is not only after the release of his new show i should say he came out saying he is stepping away from acting for a while because they found out that he is genetically uh, compromised. Like his gene, his genes are genetically compromised to having the L timers, L uh, L timers syndrome, or yeah, syndrome L timers later in life because of his parents. And uh, it
2: just okay. pronounced Alzheimer's. 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 All, all Alzheimer's. Is a Z. <laughs> Al- Granted, Alzheimer's. you, you can't say it. Yeah, it, it does sound like old timer, like a like an old person.
0: <laughs> but it's, it's Alzheimer's.
1: Yeah. yeah. All, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, say like yeah. blame whatever movie that mispronounced it and got it started.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like people say, like the people, like, like people have been saying. Uh, uh, Asperger syndrome. It sounds like Aspergers instead of it being Asperger's. That's yeah, very saying.
1: true. Mm-hmm. But or Aspergers.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Hemsworth said he has to uh, essentially take some time off from acting because of of him finding out that he basically has Alzheimer's and and it, it and it basically goes to show you what I just said before. It Was like he had, you know you have to cherish everything you have right now, where it's just like, you have, you know, the notion of being around the people you love and then being around. Uh, and then something happens like, oh, being in the notion uh, about the people you love and then boom, something happens. And then you have a disease that could essentially cripple you later in life. Uh, and... Uh, it, it's definitely one of those things where it's just like I'm. At Lost words was you know Helmsworth looked like he you know he was in like he's in his pinnacle, uh, peak career. Not only working as an actor but also as a producer and stuff like that too. And then finding out oh, you know his parents' both of his parents' side has the rare occurrence of him gang that. That uh, disease to happen at a later life because he's like his his uh, genetics were more prone to it, and and then there and then finding out that he got it got the results actually filming during his uh, TV show Limitless on Disney Plus that even's more heartbreaking because you know as he's filming it and getting the these results read to him you could tell that he is just i lost words and you know and again this and he's like in his like early 40s now i think or yeah early 40s now and then you have to and then is basically saying hey you know by the way maybe in like 20 well not 20 years like maybe in 30 40 years or so you gotta start experiencing these uh symptoms or not even experiencing so far as well it's like The, it, it like like a good example of this is Michael J. Fox. For years, he hid his Parkinson's like a lot from not only from his uh, cast members until he finally to to a point where he literally needed to show, hey, I have Parkinson's disease, and it's like really starting to affect his life. And now he's like at the point where his life, where it is still affecting him, he's still able to control what's happening and. And that happened when he was like in his thirties. So it's like imagine you're in your thirties, and then you have like, oh, you know, this disease or this genetic illness or just genetic thing happening to you, and then finally saying, oh, you know, it it, it really takes it takes a lot of you. And not only that, it's like he, it, it I'm just gonna keep my mouth, not my mouth, so I'm just going to keep my mind uh, at bay because I have it, it yeah, I, I have trouble like processing a lot of things with uh, hearing these news is, yeah, nowadays. That's
1: yeah, totally understandable because it's like, I mean, I, I feel like that's honestly just like, we all pretty much have the same reaction Chris had for that. Like, at 39 years old, finding out that like that this is something you're likely going to have to deal with at some point in your life that is yeah, it's like, just it's like you just got forced into a hard left turn you didn't expect.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Um. It, it is interesting for me. I was like, I was like, is it is it that like? Can anyone just find out if they have that gene? Like, if so, I'd like to know too. Hmm. You know. Um. But hmm. it, it is. Well, he pro-
1: well he probably knew because like if it was genetics then like it was probably already. In his family so he probably already had like uh, a knowledge that like that it was that his parents probably had or maybe his grandparents probably had it
2: okay so okay.
1: i'm assuming i'm assuming because of that that's again these are just assumptions because i don't know anything for certain that that could be why he was wanting to like get more info maybe mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Uh, yeah that, that
0: makes sense. what you've said about it uh, and looking up on an interview i mean or article about it um essentially he found out that he wasn't diagnosed, but he has like a heightened risk of of ha- having the disease like later in life especially you know not you know ten years ago he thought maybe it would be like predetermined but now but now he's like finding out more because of you know not only science uh, uh just general science stuff like the advances in science like there may be something that would probably help him like like, again, 30, 40 years from down the road where it's just, like, he doesn't have to, like, go through the, the notion of, you know, all and stuff like that, too. And, I mean, I don't remember any family members who have dealt with that, but looking back on that now, it's like, there were probably family members who have you know, seen over the years who had, you know, uh, who weren't diagnosed but clearly had uh, symptoms of of that and no one really wanted to tell him or say yeah it's like hey you maybe you should go over to the hospital and check you know check everything out or Mm -hmm. because again Mm -hmm. that's definitely a disease that basically not only affects your mind but also affects you know your your, uh, uh, essentially everything like if it basically traps your mind in a uh, more yeah, it just basically tra- uh, traps your mind in a in a very nightmarish thing where you don't know what what's happening. You know, you, you forget things, and then mm-hmm. you know your memories aren't as what they used to be. And then you know, imagine being a, uh, imagine being a, a grandfather when you're in your sixties, seventies, and then not remembering what that you know what your grandchild's name is. So I can understand him being very hesitant to take not only take a break from acting, but also just to be more there with his family and everything else because, again, you know, it's like he literally just started producing stuff, too, and he literally just produced, uh like, a movie that his wife starred just on Netflix, and that ended up being, like, maybe one of Netflix's, like, highest-rated uh, uh movies in terms of, like, being watched and everything, so, yeah. Uh, Is that the, that's the one where she's on the boat? Yeah, that's the one where I think she's, uh, like, maybe uh, some... She's like some cop. On the board, ship? I think. Yeah. So oh, okay. I heard of it. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't watch okay. it, but I've heard. I've heard. You know, it being like, oh, it's like one of Netflix's biggest. Uh, uh, like, one of Netflix's biggest uh, surprise hits. Something. Hmm. Mm. Okay. And, okay. Um... And speaking of Netflix and streaming services. Let's talk about something very humorous. So, Bob Eichner is now Charles of Disney again. How, you may ask? Well, Bob Chaplin, Bob Chaplin got ousted. I know this is a very odd segue, Brian. You went from uh, talking about death, uh, grieving, odd placement with uh, Alzheimer's, and now you're talking about streaming services. Well, and although people have been saying that streaming services are are not dying, uh, are dying out because of the way of how many streaming services there are currently. I mean, there's like literally like 30, like, like 30 streaming services that I could probably know of, and that's not even including the ones that aren't uh, that are just coming out in the next few months or a few years or whatnot. Uh, but yeah, that segue, but yeah, so Eichner, Bob Eichner, uh, former CEO of Disney. Has come back into power after Bob Cheplick, uh the current, the, the then current uh, CEO of Disney, was essentially uh, not really taken out, but more or less fired, and and then or just like his position was let out. But it's like people have been trying to figure out what what's been happening with this because. It's definitely a very weird case because no one has no one is sure what is going on at Disney specifically with uh, Checkpick because like he literally just signed a 3-year contract extended stunned to in his like contract back in June, right? Darren, I think. <laughs> I think he might be off for a
2: reason. Yeah, yeah, he um he um he definitely, his contract was in for another three years. I know that much, but um, for any other reasons, I, I don't know, like, it's it's weird that I guess you would kind of, it's, it's a slap in the face, honestly, if you yeah are, are like guaranteed some money on, on a, under a contract, which is legally binding, if anything. And um, I guess they can just undo that because they're not happy. And I guess he has nothing yeah. to do, he can't do anything about it, he can't sue them, he can't fight back legally he can't i don't know complain to anyone
1: so yeah you don't mess with the mouse you get the mouse. ears
0: <laughs> essentially uh but what's what's what, what i mean the past few months i mean check picks uh and i i swear if i am mispronouncing this guy's name i am sorry but it just looks to how i uh, how i say it. So. It may it may have a different pronunciation, but I'm sorry. Okay, this is just me. Okay, I'm slightly. And it distracted. doesn't
1: help that both their names are Bob.
0: Yes. So in, in this case, I'll just say and, and oh, and people have been having fun of using King Bob's uh, the King Bob meme for minions as basically Eichner's return. So it's like he is literally King Bob to a lot of people now. So we have Bob Eichner, and then I'll call the other guy Other Bob. So Other Bob has been basically in the news recently over the past, say, year or so over not only Disney Disney being not as happy, not being the happiest place on earth, especially in terms of uh, the theme park. Uh, the theme park from my, here it, and from one of my friends who actually worked at Disney in, in terms of being a cast member there they really hated it because of how uh check pack or other Bob really handled the company in terms of not only uh, uh, just from a financial level, but from a uh, staff uh, staff member uh, level as well, because a lot of people were not happy working under uh, working in Disneyland or Disney world, I should say, you know, it, it, and, and people were like, Oh, you know, it's like, it's the happiest place on earth. You should be happy. Well, if your job is mistreating you, then you can't really be happy. I know for a fact. And you can put a uh, fake, you know, you could do it like this and just be like, oh, hey, welcome to so and so all day. And then come, and then once you're out of your thing, you just go, that smile just goes, hmm, just being like, you know. And on top of that, back in, what was it, early June? Late May, early June, I think it was during Pride Month. Uh, Disney got uh, a lot of flack because of a notion of check pick and basically having almost like a war to war with uh, with DeSantis essentially in Florida. Not only getting uh, getting tax uh, stuff with uh, with them trying getting uh, tax stuff, but also. Uh Disney being very hesitant on not uh, promoting or saying something on the don't say gay bill and then Chad Picker was like you know what I'm going to say something about it especially since it's Pride Month so and Disney has pride itself being a very family inclusive uh, environment so you don't have to worry about like what race or gender identity or or what have you when you go into a theme park like Disneyland a world and be like this is you know fun for the whole family because in the eyes of the mouse, you are family to those who are coming to you know coming to see you. And from what I've been hearing, a lot of it of what other Bob has been doing was very political and I think a lot of people in in the industry, especially in Disney did not want to see Disney being a political machine even though at any point in time the, the, the Walt Disney Company could become like one of the biggest Disney power, Disney powerhouses. One of the most biggest powerhouses in political nature if they decide to actually go and actually go into that realm of politics, but they don't, because again, if you're in Hollywood, politics are something that are very hard not to talk about because you don't want to pick sides and you just want to be neutral. I think in Disney, I think in Disney's case, they want to be as neutral as they can be by supporting, you know, whatever, Party it was or whatever thing it is, and not have this, set, you know, and not have you know stuff happen like that too. And on top of that,
1: well, hasn't well, hasn't Disney like donated money to like Republican
0: politicians? Yeah, yeah. yeah they so have,
1: like already technically. So they're that's the thing, even though they say they're not, you know, wanting to get political, they're technically. Yeah participating in it anyway, though. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me the hypocrisy because, you know, they'll say, hey, we support all our LGBTQ, you know, people who work here, but not in Florida, we don't. Yeah, or China. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, exactly, yeah. yeah. Or any other country that doesn't allow that. Mm-hmm. Oh, like how, uh, and also how they purposely make movies where they can cut out any LGBTQ representation. Yeah. The I'm sorry, LGBTQ this
0: wasn't, I apologize. This was not back in May, this was back in March. May, march same same letter just two months apart <laughs> uh but yeah apparent uh yeah there was just a herpophagy about disney funding the people behind you know the don't say gay bill or something like that or just being republicans in general especially since you know florida you know florida being a very red state and Dis- and and disney world being in, no, no, is it, is it Disneyland in the highway or is it Disney World in Florida?
2: I never can get the, the I get it's- yeah, I it always mix this up too. <laughs> all
0: right. So I'll just say I think Disney World is Florida. Land is, okay. Ellie, I don't,
1: I think okay. that sounds right. For
0: convenience sake, I'll just say Disney Florida being, you know what I mean in Disney Florida and Disney Highway being, you know what I mean in Disney Highway. Now, Florida being a very red state and California being a very, blue state i think blue reddish but, but basically primarily from right here very primarily democratic from right here so and and i think this is also from the the fact that disney has been getting a lot of shilling from a lot of people not only in the lbgtq community not only with the mishandling of characters and this stuff of uh, just you know trying to include and like in the inclusion and then someone's like oh by the way we just happen to be uh, supporting that thing. I think what Chap Pick was trying to do was trying to put his foot down and actually say, hey, we do care about the, you know, we do care. It's just that, yes, we have had, you know, dealings of that in the past, but we don't want to be that, you know, going forward. And I think over the course of, say, the past several months or so, Disney's thing has been slowly, slowing going down, especially in, in terms of stocks. Because before Eichner actually uh went back to into power, their stocks were like at like at an all-time low. And then when Eichner was you know put it back in the power, their stocks went all the way back up. So it it just shows you like how much faith the Disney brand really had with uh, the bob.
1: Yeah, I like, yeah, I don't think I have much to say what I pretty much just said already.
0: Yeah, it's like that. Again, Disney hypocrisy. There's always been like a Disney hypocrisy, and
1: mm-hmm. and and also funny enough, it's like actually when I think about it. Look at their recent show Andor. Like that's arguably probably one of the most political kind of like content the Star Wars is actually made and actually done well, and not just like doing it just for the sake of doing it.
2: I didn't see Andor. How is it? You saw it?
1: Yeah, I've been watching it, and, like, it is good. Like, okay. it It is one of the best, like, new Star Wars content to come out from okay, Disney. Good,
2: good, good, good.
1: Um... Like, it very much is more, like, of a mature show. Okay. Being in Star Wars universe, it has that, like, I kind of equate the pacing to being something akin to, like, what you see in Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul. Really? Mm-hmm. okay okay now now i'm on board <laughs> i'll
2: probably check okay, it out so I, the, I, and,
1: and also in. like they don't use the volume from what i've noticed they use a yeah. lot more like practical sets yeah the on location i heard that part that's good yeah
0: and back to disney plus uh so basically and this is what the concerns of what people's uh been talking about with uh check pick and uh essentially he had given priority to the Disney Plus business at the expense of other parts of Disney, like cable television and the theme parks, because apparently he was kind of concerned about the theme parks raising their prices in terms of going to see Disney. You know, I was like, oh, I want to go to Disney Florida and then find out their prices are like, you know, $200 a day just to get tickets or something mm-hmm. like that. And he's kind of like concerned about, what's with the overpricing? And apparently that was a way to like, uh, uh apparently he, he said that he was, along by the increases of price at Disney theme parks that he argued would boost revenue and limited overcrowding. First off, have you been to a Disney place? When has it not been overcrowded?
1: <laughs> That's Maybe literally how- in the brochure when you get your tickets to go there, pretty much. <laughs> you know it, it's going to happen. So,
0: in order to boost revenue and limited overcrowding, increase the prices. Okay, I can understand wine, the board of the board of directors will really be mad at that. But from what i hear, uh Disney Plus being more of a focal point, uh, instead of the theme parks or the or the cable TV, i.e., Disney, uh, the Disney Channel or Disney Jr. or whatever channels they have as Disney adjacent, uh, you have that you have that, you know, saying, Hey, I, I want to f- put the focus on. Disney plus being more of the business side and a lot more people were kind of concerned because it leads to apparently, apparently this leads to another point. This article says that he was too responsive to the changes in, uh, in share price, meaning probably, and I'm not really a stock person, but I imagine Disney's uh, shareholdings kept on going up and down, up and down because of the recent amount of changes this guy has been going throughout the, uh, since taking power for the past two years, like I said, uh, his reign in Disney has been very up and down, up and down, and and a lot of what a lot of what this article has also said is also Eichner, not Eichner, uh, Champik was way too eager to lay off vast numbers of cast members during the during COVID during the first phase of the COVID uh, pandemic, which is kind of like I was furlonged from my job. I thought I'd be back, but I was never officially back. because When the, my, my job officially came back, anybody who had recently worked there had to reapply and you know do that again. So being fired from Disney and then finding out that the, the, the overwork shift that you've just been on because again my one my fr- because my friend basically had said that they worked a lot of overworked shifts and they worked in the um uh the, the not the, the the um the hotel part of the theme park you know that like hotel you usually go to to stay for the night whatever mm-hmm. it is uh and they would be very overworked and the yeah it's like to cut costs you just basically fire the people who, who you don't see fit you know it's like I can understand why Disney is like, we really got, we really need to get Eichner back, because with Eichner, not only did Disney get Fox, but Disney also got Marvel, and a few other things. So to them, the board of directors, even though Eichner is literally on a, bar, uh, uh, he literally said, "I'm on a borrowed set of time. You only have me for two years, and I'm out again." <laughs> like, sure, sure, we'll we'll see how that works. I just wanted time, to make more money. Yeah. Uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, Disney just wants to make more money, specifically since uh, what you've mentioned before, uh, I think what well, what you have pointed out before is that the Disney products, specifically on Disney Plus, have not been making as much content as they you know thought it was, you know, as much as dark, you know, as much as the content as they wanted to, to have
1: originally, you know. Well, they've been making a, a lot of content. The problem is, like, the quality of it isn't that good. Yeah. And like, they I only make six episodes of a show where they actually don't format it in a way that actually fits the show you're doing. Like, you make a show that's supposed to be about this character, but then you clearly make it... Like, you spend more time with other characters where it seems like, oh, you clearly want to do a show with other characters instead of this character. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't get a show for them yet, so you got to do it here. Are we so talking you about a show uh, for Kenobi? Them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> I
1: caught up. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, another article uh, pointed out that a lot of Disney Plus originals were shifted over to the Disney Channel to a to, I guess, create more program for the Disney Channel. It's like, oh hey, you know, you don't have Disney Plus, but you have the Disney Channel. So here's some programming that has been on the Disney uh, Plus programming, and say, hey, here's something you can watch with your family, even though you don't. We, you know, even though you don't ha- have paid the the eight dollars or something like that. Like, that's like, I mean, to me, that's actually a good idea because. Uh, Netflix, for the most part, every so often I would see like a Netflix show on like cable television, like BoJack Horseman. Like I think over the summer was on Comedy Central, and they were originally playing yeah. the first episode over to the last episode. I think uh, Narcos is on Pluto TV every now and then. They have like this whole. Uh, you can either watch like a whole, like seasons worth, or like a like something. That is considered to be like maybe four or five episodes on another random channel, like maybe like some crime channel or something like that. And this is something that's something from Netflix. That's something from Netflix. Uh, I won't be surprised if, say, like maybe five years from now, Stranger Things will be on, like, say, uh, another like sci-fi on sci-fi channel. Yeah, on some sci-fi channel. Like, it really. Go- and and this isn't really new too. Uh, DC has done the same thing for titans and doom patrol on tnt like every so often you were just like oh to really uh with the new season of titans having coming out and i don't really watch titans but i don't really care about the, that that show but before each new season they had pro uh, they had premiered uh the previous season beforehand as a way for people to say oh yeah you know we have a new show coming out it's on the D- uh, it's on hbo max it's a dc product here we go he, you know, watched the first, the previous season in its full entirety. You know, every every week. Or and so.
1: speaking of new content, what? We I have no clue. The Segway man. I gave you the segue, man. I, I the the segue, man.
0: Oh. oh, and speaking of new content, <laughs> and probably it's, when it's a,
1: been a while. We're rusty.
0: Yeah, and speaking of new content, and the reason why. Bob was probably ousted is Disney is releasing one of oh and thank you for telling me that I was going to a, a, a that that was going off the rails Thank you Hayden <laughs> that was a that was a nice way of saying hey Brian you're going off the rails uh uh but yeah speaking of a con uh, speaking of new content we have a new avatar movie coming. God knows why. But that may have been another reason why uh, Eichner was put into power because he could probably see a much more financial way of making Avatar The Way of the Water a financial successful movie because the previous movies that he was financially successful in were, under his reign, were uh, The Force Awakens and Endgame. Uh, no Way Home was under Chapek's role, but if uh, the way the water happens to be so successful, and I'll get to the reason why it has to be so successful because apparently it, it is hilarious to think about. It may lead into why Chapek was released in the first place is because you have this me- mega-budgeted movie coming out, right? Box office... Oxford has to be just spectacular. Its budget was ballooned to like $250 million which is as close as Endgame's budget which was like at least like $280 million. I mean not $275 million, something like that. That still hasn't been uh, the Disney record of the closest expensive movie which is like one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I think maybe either On Stranger Tides or either, either the third or fourth movie I forgot which one but yeah, the idea is that in order to break bank for Avatar: The, the Way of the Water, it has to—and I kid you not—has to release gross close to two billion of the box office. <laughs>
2: that's hilarious. Yeah, that's never gonna happen. I mean, it, it could happen, but it's not likely to happen. And, and if that's just to break even, that—that—that that means the movie costs at least a million. <laughs> i mean like a billion dollars it would cost at least a billion dollars to make that
1: yeah uh jim james cameron Timothy. Uh, what
0: <laughs> i think that was my exact reaction too because i mean if they are talking about all the four i mean all the three movies that they record uh, that they uh Uh, filmed back to back to back which is probably the same budget for all three movies if way of the water had a budget of like 250 million dollars then chances are avatar 3 had the same budget and avatar 4 had the same budget so you have something that's Mm -hmm. like close to a billion dollars of what jim cameron calls a very fucking very fucking expensive movie (laughs) then i can understand why They say oh yeah by the way we in order to break even they have to this new three trilogy thing has to at least get close to two billion in the box office
2: yeah i mean i i get it i get it to a point like especially if what you said is true like all the movies already filmed and ready to go they're just releasing them. i guess a year apart um i i don't see how one film would have to gross um two billion i can see if if the films come out and they release and everything and then they add it up after all the releases are done and then that then that total grossage came out to around two billion then that would make more sense so in that case he probably could make that money back but again to to like i guess have all these movies just like with all this money just i don't know and, and the way business works with movies too it's, it's um it's interesting because there's a lot of like um investors and tax incentives and all these things that go into making movies so sometimes i think things get cheaper or like then there's also like over over labor of uh visual effects artists mm-hmm. and stuff like that um so but the movie looks good though i'll say that money well spent james
1: <laughs> uh, yes. it looks
2: really good and um yes hopefully... james
1: it's a it's a good visual effects movie where the story is just cookie cutter like, it's, it's just going off your first one
2: it, it is I animated really, like i don't know why he doesn't like the word animated but it's 100 animated it's a no. live action animation
0: so,
1: exactly
2: i joked you, about you this before
0: uh, i joked about this before you came in on uh, came, uh before you arrived uh darren but i joked that basically jim cameron basically walked up into the disney office with a bucket full of water and just basically said that's avatar 2 way of the water that's funny
1: yeah and also the fact that he needs to be two billion like i'm just thinking did did james cameron just have like a poker match with the executives at disney and he just kept losing so bad that he was just like okay look this is my last hand if i win we make all these movies we're gonna we're and and it'll I, i promise it'll cover the two billion i lost to you and they're like yeah okay fine he's probably got crappy cards anyway and then it turns out he had a royal flush. No, I mean... Jay- and then, well, it looks like we're
2: making four Avatar movies. <laughs> no, I, I, honestly, that probably that probably was likely. But um, James Cameron does have a good track, track record of um, his films being, like, original and very... Um, he resonates with audiences a lot. So he is a good... He's really good at making blockbusters. I mean, so that's a non-factor for him. But think- um, this, the sequel, though...
0: Mm-hmm. I think in James Cameron's case, he's being very fictitious or facetious, I should say. And because he basically said, in all honesty, that he has to be, this movie has to be at least the third or fourth uh, biggest uh, box office in, you know, like fourth biggest, like the fourth or fifth biggest box office smash in history. And I'm looking at the, the top five already. You have Avatar, you have Endgame, you have Titanic, you have The Force Awakens, you have Infinity War. And then you have No Way Home, Jurassic World, The Lion King from a, uh, the, the from 2019. Like, if you manage to even beat in all honesty I can see it uh, d- dethroning the, the level where No Way Home is right now. Because No Way Home has like $1.9 billion at the box office, right? And maybe the same thing with Infinity War. But come on Sharon, you're expecting... A blue alien to go and and win against Star Wars The Force Awakens. Like, the highest grossing Star Wars movie of all time. And Endgame. And,
1: and then Endgame as well.
0: And then just to have your... And
1: essentially have to top his blue aliens with his new blue aliens. Yes. So, I mean... I know... Cameron can be very arrogant
0: and very smug sometimes, but come on, man, just just dial it back sometimes.
1: You know, you don't have to be full on Jim Cameron every now and then. <laughs> yeah, just just take a take a break from you know James and be Jimothy. It's fun.
0: And speaking of breaks, I hope you all enjoyed the the break time that we had. I really hope you all enjoyed uh, the break that we had from doing this show because now. We're kind of like back in business now. Uh, it may be every week. It may be two weeks. I have no idea because, again, we all go by our schedules. I'm busy because of work. Darren's busy because he's always producing something. Hayden's always busy because he's always writing a TV show that he recently. Oh, and speaking of TV shows, he recently got that baby in a uh, uh, a script piling thing. So congrats on him. One of the best news I heard over the summer over for that summer was basically hearing, oh, hey, I got this. Yeah, congrats. I had this pilot of the TV show I've been working on. I put it into a a, 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 a screenwriting thing,
1: and then a few months oh, later, good. oh, uh, the uh, screencraft uh, TV pilot competition. Uh, currently a quarter finalist in that one.
2: Oh, nice! And Congratulations. Thank you. I'd
1: like to read it I, one day. Oh yeah, I'll send it your way.
2: Oh, awesome, awesome.
1: And, anyway. and I've actually sent this script like a bunch of different competitions. So like. Nice. I've literally got, like, a whole spreadsheet of, like, dates of, like, okay, here's what I'm expecting you to hear from such and such. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. But, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed the, the break from not hearing our voices talk about, like, random entertainment shit, but, oh, boy, how I missed talking about random entertainment shit. <laughs> and to come back at a more interesting time is, like, is telling, to say at least. Uh, it, it's literally, like, that scene from... From the force to tie it back to the force awakens. Chewie, we're home and on that note, please be well, please be safe and remember you are always loved and supported. Take care, everyone. And we also have a, like a tackling you want to do, do before I end it. Um, yeah, just um
2: yeah be well out there, everyone, and uh, be kind to each other. Mm-hmm. Oh wait! Those, oh, the LNG degenerator DeGener- DeGener- says that, right? Yes.
0: Don't want to talk about. That. You yes. don't want to like. Don't want to do L. Well. Okay. Yeah.
2: Anyway. <laughs> yep. <laughs> talk, talk to your. Friend.